Hello everybody, welcome back to Witch Fix. Today we're looking at a book that's actually about witches, which I feel like is a special occasion. Recently, it's gotten a bit tenuous, but this one I'm on firm ground. It does contain legitimate witches, mention of witchcraft, practicing of witchcraft, all of that good stuff. And it's The Furies by Katie Lowe. And it's very similar to a lot of other things that I've read, and very dissimilar in other ways. So, with that mysterious lined down. I'm just going to read the blurb. 1998. A 16-year-old girl is found dead on school property, dressed in white and posed on a swing. No known cause of death. Four girls know what happened. They've kept their silence until now. So the book largely takes place back in the school in the 90s and is only sort of framed at the ends uh, by the musings of an adult character. I am going to trigger warm because there's quite a lot of, of different things that you would you know expect to see in edgier teen fiction. So we've got drug use, underage drinking, sexual assault, eating disorders, physical abuse, uh, and I guess uh, just a general warning for, for gore and obviously murder. So there's a lot going on. So the book's main character is Violet. She's a little bit of an odd fish and very cold and quite difficult to, to get to know from the outset of the book. She's very disconnected to a lot of stuff that's happened to her, including the deaths of her father and baby sister in a car accident. And obviously this incredibly traumatic thing happened to her, but even before that she just seems kind of like a serial killer. She has no emotions. She's very manipulative. It, it, it's a very odd character choice. Um, but I did kind of warm to her throughout the novel. You, you get a little bit more of her character kind of teased out. But she starts off at this um, school. It's not like a, a boarding school, but it is that kind of vibe. She just goes home at night. And she gets to go there because of all the money and compensation they get for her father's and sister's deaths. Um, so she gets to go to this fancy school, having been homeschooled, like, by herself, uh, for several years, and she doesn't really fit in that well, but soon becomes friends with three other kind of misfits. So it's very the craft, um, to start with. It kind of edges into that Billings Girl, uh, private series area as well. Uh, I would say that this is also quite similar to that. So she meets... Robin first. Robin is a redhead. She's very vivacious and very kind of emotionally manipulative and tough. She also supplies everybody with drugs, has an older boy boyfriend in university, and she's very kind of close to going out of control at any moment. She's kind of the main character. The other two don't really get a huge amount of airtime, but they are Alex and Grace. Alex is the only one of them who's kind of rich. Her, her mum is incredibly wealthy, but also never there. Uh, she's always like away doing book tours and, and stuff like that. And there's Grace, who's their kind of bookwormy uh, kind of friend who does a lot of their homework for them and that stuff. And Alex and Grace are in a relationship. So usually what happens is those two will be off doing something or talking about other stuff and we'll focus more on what Violet and Robin are doing. And they're in this seaside town which is very kind of down at heel, at odds with this private school luxury. And they're just very bored teenagers who are just aching to cause disruption. Into this comes kind of a, a local history of witchcraft it was meant uh, that the the school that they go to was founded by a woman who was killed for being a witch because she was offering 
education to women. And also, there's sort of a local myth or interesting bit of tidbit knowledge about these three girls, because there used to be four. And the fourth girl, uh, the missing girl, Emily Frost, looks exactly like Violet, like just a more polished version. So she's like blonde, they have the same proportions, same facial features. And one day Emily just went missing and no one ever found her body. So we've got this big mystery that these girls might be involved in or something might have happened at the school. And into that comes Violet, obviously just trying to make friends, just trying to fit in and ends up right in the middle of all this stuff going down. Now they get singled out, these these four, technically the other three are already in it, but this teacher, a young female art teacher called Annabelle, is doing private lessons in the top of the old clock tower in the evenings. Like after the school is, is closed, they sneak up there and they have these private lessons, which at first I thought were going to be about witchcraft and about the occult and about you know the history of the school but it's not really it's sort of like a literary salon but for art and greek poetry and various other things um i didn't really like these so much because these scenes are just annabelle giving a lecture about like medea or hecate or various different like art pieces that i've never seen or heard of and it's kind of hard to get excited about someone talking about a painting that you have never seen you know you can't really imagine it uh so i was sort of skipping over those scenes obviously there's a lot of like references and stuff in there which, which apply to the story and which the author wants you to think about while reading the story but those bits just really dragged for me so that was something i wasn't particularly keen on and to be honest, the first like third of the novel, I was like, this is basically just the craft. And it's also similar to another thriller that I had recently read called Good Girls Lie, which isn't about witchcraft, but it's about a private school and a girl going there pretending to be someone else. And then there's murders and a secret society. And it was kind of similar. But I very much warmed to it in, in the final third because it really stuck the landing and managed to make something out of itself, which was wholly new and original and interesting. So I'm going to try not and spoil that for you because there's a lot of obvious mysteries about what's going on and who killed who and who did what. There's a lot more deaths and murders that happen in sort of the end point of the novel. Obviously the whole way through you want to find out who this body was on the swing. And all we find out about it at the beginning is that it's a girl in a white dress on a swing with no known cause of death like she hasn't been shot or stabbed or strangled or poisoned no one can work out why she's dead and then obviously towards the end of the novel there's a ball where everyone has to wear white so it could be anybody and you're sort of sitting there thinking like who's it going to be who's it going to be why does it happen uh, and all of this good stuff so plenty of mystery if you really love thrillers like i do you're going to love this one as for the witchy content so Robin is interested in witchcraft based on, I guess, these secret lessons with Annabelle, who is very against them practicing witchcraft because she thinks it's all sort of hokum and that they should be, you know, more focused on these high minded ideals of Greek poetry and plays about sisterhood and revenge and womanhood. Um, so she's discouraged them from participating in it, but Robin is keen to give it a try. And Alex's absentee mother, who was a previous member of these salons because they've been going back years like four girls 
studying this stuff and Annabelle was one and also Alex's mum she retained an interest in that so she's got all of this occult stuff herbs oddments ornaments different artifacts and books in her house and so Robin steals one and gets Violet to help her do some spells so I think the first one that they do is just to kind of bind themselves together and it seems to have an effect that Violet writes off as being coincidental. Then they try and put a curse on a girl called Nikki that Robin doesn't like. And nothing seems to come of that. And for a while I thought that was a plot hole. But nope, it definitely gets fully tied up by the end of the book. So you'll find out what happens there. And then something very horrible happens to... Violet, she gets assaulted by a guy she met at a university party and they decide to do a spell to, you know, get him, to, to sort of get back at him for what he did. This element really reminded me of the craft, you know, the four girls dressed in black going down onto a beach to do a spell that involves killing an animal. I realised, I don't think they actually killed them in the craft, but they definitely have them there. Uh, it's more about kind of summoning the Furies, uh, hence the title, this kind of idea of the Furies is tied into the school's mythos, so that tends to be what they call on in magic. But they do the spell, and then it seems to have worked. So, you know, something bad happens to this guy, he dies. It seems like they can do whatever they want. But from that point, it really spun out in an unexpected direction for me. They go from, you know, doing this magic to hurt people to actually hurting people you know, in real life through mundane means. And it was very shocking and very unexpected. Uh, and like the whole end of the novel and all of the secrets that come out were also quite unexpected. So I really enjoyed the end. Something that got to me a little bit, um, and this was kind of my main gripe with the book, is that it's occasionally just written in a slightly too flowery way. It's a little too abstract. It's sometimes a little bit difficult to work out what's going on. I'm going to try and find an extract to read to you. Uh, so here's a section from the end of chapter 9. Uh, this is, I think, when they've done the spell. There's just a weird bit at the end, and it's quite hard to work out really what's going on. Look, Robin said, pointing to the arches of the dome. I turned and saw a white figure lurking in each, long fingers braced around the frame. Behind, the sea lapped black on the sand, stars connected in a silvery web above. In a blink they were gone, and I fell into the sand, never realising I'd left the ground. Page break. I woke up at home in my own bed, hair still damp and crisp with salt water, clothes still stuck to my skin. Memories returned like shades, flashes, a cry, cold hands held tight around my jaw, a low howl like some monstrous beast echoed from within the cove, an ambulance slowing as I walked by the wheels of an upturned car spinning in the air, the wreck a bright distraction on a busy crowded street, the glossy spiderweb on the window shield, the winking glitter in the glass, red, orange, green. I smelled blood, the same warm blood of the little bird who writhed as I cut its throat. I rolled over and went back to sleep dreaming of night so there's a couple of things in this i like i really like a lot of the description and a lot of the poetry of it but there were a couple of moments where that sort of got in the way and i ended up going back and having to reread sentences and go back paragraphs to try and work out what was going on so when she says i fell into the sand never realizing i'd left the ground where'd she gotten how did she leave the ground is this just a sort of poetic thing of like her spirit rising out of herself you know what has happened 
And then when she goes home, she's talking about this car accident that she's seen. But is it one that she is physically seen on walking home that she doesn't really remember because she was in a daze? Is it the one that killed her father and her sister? Is it the one that we later find out they have caused with their magic spell? It, it, it's confusing to me. And I, I realise that part of that might be intentional. It's meant to kind of put you in a weird space where you're like, I don't really know what's happening, what's real and what isn't, and what is a memory and what is something that's yet to come. I get that. But it does that a lot and it can really start to feel like you're clutching around for something concrete and real to hang on to, which kind of puts me off sections of the book and did make me kind of start to lose patience with it. The middle section especially really starts to drag. There's a little bit of repetition, you know, where the girls stop speaking to her and... Violet kind of spins out a little bit. That happens like twice. It gets a little bit repetitive and there's a little bit of, you know, we need to move forwards now. I'd like to get on with the rest of the plot, but it feels like we're being held in stasis. So that was unfortunate. Uh, but aside from those issues, it is a really good book. It's very much like a, a thriller that adults will really enjoy. It's something that teenagers, I think, would really enjoy as well. So, you know, it's got appeal very broad appeal it's got that witchy content it has that sort of thrillery um lurid murdery witchcraft occult content but it's been elevated really well with some really poetic writing which works in a lot of places and in some places it doesn't work so well um and it's really well plotted like everything comes together at the end the kind of side effect of me losing my way slightly in those like uh, poetic sections and the chapters themselves being quite long is that some of the reveals at the end rely on details that are buried um really far back in the book which is fine if you know when you see something you're like oh i saw that and then you forget about it and then remember it when it becomes relevant but i hadn't even seen it to begin with because it was so buried in all of this stuff so my reading of it was a little bit weird and by the time I got to that point I was like oh shit and I had to skip back and try and find the sections where this had been mentioned previously which was a little annoying but that's on me and my reading of it but it is a really good book I encourage you to go out read it you won't see the ending coming I can promise you that it's very unpredictable and very strange and weird but it all makes sense and like by the time I got to the last page I was like this book has really set itself up really well and then stuck the landing and I think it is quite easy to come up with an interesting mystery an interesting premise um sort of like with Lost um it's what I always think of when I sort of talk about this you know you know you're stuck on this island there's this weird tube that doesn't go anywhere and people writing reports that no one is reading and oh there's a statue of the Virgin Mary full of drugs and a polar bear what the fuck is going on it's really easy to make people think what the fuck is going on and to want answers, but to actually give answers in a way that's satisfying and doesn't feel cheap or pulled out of your ass at the end, that's the part that takes talent and this book can really do that. So go ahead, get a copy. It was quite recently published, I think in like 2019. I saw two secondhand copies of it while I was reading it, so I know they're out there, you can find them. Um, and I think you can also get it on ebook as well. Get a copy, read it, you won't regret it. I promise. And if you do regret it, you know, I'm sorry, but you're wrong, it's a great book. If you have any other witchy or occult thrillers you'd like to recommend to me, please do so in the comments. I'm really looking to expand this part of my shelf, so 
hit me up with those recommendations or any other recommendations you may have. And in the meantime, I'll see you with the next one. Bye!